This is Brock and Saul. Brock Eward is my hero. Jay Buhner just punched me in the kidney. Powered through the Alaska Airlines studio. On Seattle Sports. We're going to give you a minute. It doesn't really work that way, Sherm. This is a show that has my name on it. It kind of does, though. Now, here are your hosts, Brock Eward and Mike Saul. Hello! Yes, hello, good morning, everybody. Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710seattlesports.com and the old Seattle Sports application. That's right, formal Friday today. Good to be with you guys here on a wonderful, wonderful Friday on Seattle Sports on 710. Good to have you back. I mean, Goldie was fun, but it's good to have you back. Well, I got to tell you, it's good to be back. I had maybe the best day off I've ever had. Like, I don't generally take a random day off in the middle of the week like that. Like, I'll take a Friday or Monday like most people do, try to get a little long weekend or extra long weekend, go visit, you know, friends or whatever the case may be. But my kids are uh, were out of town, and so Heather and I just took the day off yesterday, and it meant really what it did is it gave me Wednesday off. So we went out to Woodenville, did a little wine tasting, had dinner. Picked a good day. And then yesterday I had, I had you know, I had reserved a little tea time at Chambers, a couple of weeks ago, having no idea what the weather would be. I'm like, yeah, I'll cancel it if it's, you know, rainy or whatever. I'm not going to go out there and putz around in the rain. And 60 degrees and bright sunshine all day. It was Incredible. unbelievable. Incredible. It was like and the greatest day. It didn't matter if it had been raining for the two weeks before. So that course is so great for that. That course was in impeccable shape. Oh, and I even played a good round. Jealous. Like, all of it was just wonderful. So uh, it was a perfect day. And even better than that, even better than that, Justin. We're leaving for spring training today. Yes, that's right. Go to spring training today. Tonight, I'll be sleeping in the desert as we get ourselves ready for uh, Peoria starting on Monday. And we'll be there all of next week. I am pumped. I am psyched. It dawns on me that I haven't really given my spring training speech yet. And maybe I'll save some of it, the real, the full version for Monday once we're there. But there's nothing like spring training. It is absolutely and forever one of my favorite things about this business, one of my favorite things about sports. It's st- And it's not just because it's fun. And if you ever get a chance to go to spring training, go. Don't hesitate. Don't think about it. Don't think, oh, I'll do it next year. One day, that's something I'd always like to do. Just do it. Book your flights. Book them early. There are so many. Bl- you know, first of all, it couldn't be easier to get to Phoenix, True. right? It's not like you got to go somewhere difficult to get to. Alaska only has like three thousand flights down there a day. They're super easy to get on. You can generally get pretty good rates, and especially if you don't go over like exact spring, uh, spring break or midwinter break. If you wait a week or two, you can usually get really, really good deals. But even especially midweek deals, go down, stay at one of the nine thousand hotels. In Peoria, in that area, Glendale area, or in Phoenix, or in Scottsdale and commute over. It's not that far. It is the greatest trip. And everyone is in a happy mood. The players are significantly more accessible than they will be at any other time during the year. And the weather is great. The vibes are are, are optimistic. And not even just for the Mariners. I don't just mean it as a Mariner fan, just as a baseball fan. It's a symbol of what's to come. And it's an opportunity to get out of what is generally some lousy weather here this time of year and really across most of the country. Uh, Growing up in the Northeast, spring training was about the end of snow and the end of freezing cold wind and everything else that kind of goes with being in the Northeast or, you know, for those people who grew up in Chicago, Milwaukee, et cetera. 
Here, obviously, it's a little different because, A, it generally hasn't been snowing and freezing cold. It's just been dreary and depressing and dark and rainy and awful for months. And unfortunately, you know that even though it's spring training, you still have a good five more months of it left to go. But (laughs) other than that, it does sort of... You know, insinuate what's to come. It's a little, it's a little preview of summer. And I don't know. Look, I know this isn't everybody in the Northwest. I know there are people that feel differently from me on this one. Summer is the best season by like a factor of like ten mm-hmm. or a hundred or maybe a million. Like there's summer, and then a a, a glacial size gap, and then like the other seasons all stink. Like I just I love it. Summer is the best. I'm glad we ranked it the other it day. Is, that yeah, was a lot of fun. It's not close. Yeah. So um, spring training is a great, great thing. And as for the Mariners and like their spring training specifically, it's pretty good. Things are pretty good. They're not great. They're not perfect, but they're pretty good. This isn't a team where you go in thinking you got no chance. This isn't a team where you go in thinking they're going to be bad. I think they've they've worked to try to change the narrative of the offseason. They probably failed to change the narrative here in the last six weeks. But they may have actually changed the team, if that makes sense, right? The narrative is going to take time. They're going to need to go out there and not just win a few games. They're going to need to make yeah, the so playoffs in advance and, and yeah, show yeah. that they're one of the best teams, which is fine. But I think they've they've changed, hopefully, some of what's actually happened this offseason, even if the narrative hasn't fully caught on and, and changed everywhere else. Because the narrative from last season, I think, gets, you know, like a lot of things, exaggerated a little bit, right? When you think of last season, I think the narrative is, oh, the Mariners stunk. And for some of the year, they did. For some years, that, that's pretty accurate. When you look at the year as a whole, they won 88 games. They nearly made the playoffs. They missed out by a game or so, right? And the team that beat them out ended up winning the World Series. So they're not that far away. Did they get over the top? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe there'll be one more move before now, between now and the start of the season. Maybe it'll be a move made in the season. Maybe there'll be a player that surprises you. Maybe Dominic Canzone comes out this year and hits 25 home runs and shows that uh, all the potential that, you know, caused the Mariners to trade for him. Maybe Luke Rayleigh cuts down on the strikeouts and has another breakout season and, you know, is a revelation. Maybe Mitch Hanniger stays healthy for 150 games this year. Maybe Cal Raleigh gets even better than he's already been. Maybe Julio does win the MVP. Maybe your starters do stay healthy throughout the entirety of the season. have a super crazy slow start. Like all those things can happen. Doesn't mean they're going to, and I'm not sitting here predicting them, but you've put yourself in position with the amount of talent on this team, specifically in the rotation, but even in the lineup, to to put yourself in position to do all of those things and, and get to the playoffs. And once you're in, ask Arizona or Texas, neither of whom had the greatest regular season, you can do anything. You can do anything. And with your rotation, anything is definitely possible once you make it to the postseason. So I uh, I do I do bring a lot of hope, a lot of optimism. 
not because I'm um, just like, you know, trying to be a blind Mariner fan. I do understand that this team has problems and I am upset about ownership and what they've done here in the last couple of off seasons. And I think it's wrong that they haven't invested more in this product. More, you were pointing out yesterday uh, that the Diamondbacks are offering an opportunity to pay for their games directly. That may very well be the future. And I've said this again and again, and I'll continue to shout it from the rooftops. To any Mariner owner that is listening, and there are multiple, I'm not speaking to just one, to the entirety of that ownership group, if you are eventually going to go to a model where people are going to pay directly for your product and you're not going to be subsidized by non-baseball viewers across the, the region who are all accidentally paying for it on whatever cable platform they have, you need to have a product that is compelling. People are not going to pay for a product that isn't compelling, that they don't believe in, that they don't think has an opportunity to be great. Right now, you have the opportunity to change that perception of you. Do it with your pocketbook. Do it with remaining free agents. Do it with what you what you acquire over the course of this offseason. But do something to show this fan base that you are worth their investment, not just not just their emotional investment, but their actual monetary financial investment in what will eventually be your business model. You've got to start now. So I, I, do, I do understand all of that, but not today. Not today. Not Monday. Not as, not as spring training gets underway, at least for us. Today are, is more of a day for hope. Today is a day to look at the good things. Today is a day to look at the fact that eventually the weather will be warm. Eventually the sun will shine like it did yesterday every single day for a few months. Eventually we'll be back at T-Mobile Park. Eventually things bloom again. You know what, Salk? The glass is half full. Today? Today you're right, Justin. (laughs) Not every day. Some days that glass is like three quarters empty. Yeah, I know. But today? Right now? Today it's very, very full, at least as it comes to baseball. So I'm looking forward to it. Plus... There'll be walleye fish sandwiches, which is pretty exciting. We'll come right back, give you guys everything you need to know. Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on 710. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Yeah, interesting story yesterday. Seahawks making some changes to Geno Smith's contract. They converted a $9.6 million roster bonus due next month to a signing bonus, which doesn't sound like a huge deal, right? They won't affect his guaranteed money at all, but it does alter his cap hit, okay? So instead of money counting entirely in the upcoming season, they're basically spreading that out, <coughs> excuse me, over the course of the next two, and that saves them almost $5 million this year, but will be added into the following season, if that makes sense. So what does that tell us? That's the real question. Does it make him more likely to be here this year? At this point, yeah, I think it probably does. Uh, They're certainly not going to cut him. We already knew that. And they would need to eat a lot more of the cap hit if he were to be traded. The thing is, that also would mean he'd be more valuable in a trade, so you could get more back for him if you were trying to trade him, because you would be eating most of the money, if that makes sense. John Schneider, on yesterday, the John Schneider Show with Wyman and Bob, explains what they did. It's actually part of the negotiation when, when we do these deals, and it's just a, it's a trigger that's in there. It's a roster bonus that's converted to signing bonus. So a roster bonus is just a cap, uh, like for cap purposes. 
you could take a roster bonus. Can, we can, and there's language in the contract, we convert to a signing bonus, and then it's spread out over the duration of the contract. So that creates work happening for us. You know, we can, you know, we did this, you know, big, you know, negotiation to convert roster bonus to signing bonus. You know, Matt Thomas does a really nice job of working that in as an option for us throughout the process so that at any given time, if we feel the need, we can move that into signing bonus and, and, and create more capital. So, yeah, that part's a little complex. Again, what I hear is it makes a trade different if they were to make one between now and the start of the season. And I think it might negatively affect his chances of being around next year. But that's a year off, and we'll talk about that when we get there. The Seahawks also completed their coaching staff and made the full announcement yesterday. Those guys are going to get to work installing their systems. They're not going to the combine, John explains. It's exciting. You know, it's different different ideas and different um, philosophies all mixed together so everybody's coming together there you now they're getting to a point where it's going to be all ball now so you know they're just they're just focusing on focused on implementing their systems so they're not going to be going down to the uh, combine next week they're all going to be here just you know 24 7 installing everything they need to get installed because it's basically a race till april 8th when the players come in and you know mike had coached in the in the you know, afc championship game so there's a little bit of a feeling that you know behind the eight ball a little bit so getting caught up but still staying true to his hiring process and, and the group that's come in so um just mixing all those people together but yeah it's a, it's exciting but yes we do need name tags yeah they're uh, they're all getting to know each other and there's a lot of unfamiliar names but kind of cool to hear what they're working on and that they have to install an offense, install a defense, install special teams, all that stuff. And uh, so John and his staff will be taking care of the scouting at the combine. Here's the second thing you need to know. All right, fairly quiet day at spring training yesterday. Mariners hitters did take some live at bats against starting pitchers, which was cool. Going to be interesting to watch and see how this third base thing works to start the season. And there'll be a few different things to judge them on, right? You're going to judge this platoon, right? What Rojas and Urias are able to do. And there will be some of the other options that were available to them. Yes, you're going to be paying attention to what happens with Gino. Right? Does he have a better year in Arizona? Would you have been better served still having Suarez on this team? Yes, you'll be watching Matt Chapman for sure. John Morosi yesterday on whether or not that's still a possibility. Chapman is clearly someone they like. They were in the same division as him for a long time. His market has not at all been what he and Boris expected. In my estimation, with, with Chapman, the Giants are still there as a possibility. There's the connection to... Bob Melvin going back to Oakland, that would be a good fit for Matt. But if if the price comes down far enough, and that's the big if, and it's impossible to know. I wish I had right now in front of me a stock ticker that told me exactly where the price was. I don't. Um, but that to me is, is the piece that we're all wondering about is if it gets down to one year incentive laden, and then maybe the Mariners circle around. Because there's a lot, I think, for the Mariners to work through, but they... From what I can tell, they have a chance. Yeah, and while Bob Melvin may be interested, doesn't mean that the management of that team is interested, general manager, etc. Hey, let me give you one other name to just sort of pay attention to this year, and that's Gio Urshela, who could have been another option, and as it turns out, a very cheap option to play some third base. He just signed for $1.5 million in Detroit yesterday. Remember, he had pretty good years with the Yankees, not more than two, three, four years ago. Struggled a little bit last year in Anaheim, but that's another name that was out there on a very reasonable deal if that was a direction they had wanted to go. Here's the third thing you need to know. 
really nice complete game for the Kraken yesterday. They came back from a goal down early to beat a very good Vancouver team. Two goals from Jordan Eberle, one each from McCann and Dunn. But the game winner from none other than Justin Schultz. Hoaglander for Vancouver. It pops out. Tatar can't get it. Veneers, Eberle, broken up by Suter. Dumoulin, Schultz. He scores! Justin Schultz! Two, three, two, Seattle. He sure did find a way there, and they end up, as we said, going on to a 5-2 win. Excellent night for Philip Grubauer as well in his second start since returning. And then there was this. 2.7 seconds to go. Arizona down by three. No timeout. Here we go. Last chance. Trying to stay perfect on their home court. Here's Boswell running out of time. Love gets it off. The front of the rim and the Cougars hold on. The biggest win of Kyle Smith's head coaching career at Washington State. And they end the streak. Arizona no longer perfect at home. The band playing in the background. The Cougs knock off number four Arizona in a thriller by three on the road. Biggest win for the program in years. Should move them up from being ranked currently number 21. Uh, Tate Frazier on the station yesterday. So this team's going to be a little bit of a challenge once they get to the once they get to the tournament. And then when it comes down to what you need in March, you need guard play and you need size. Um, and, and with their defensive ability, with their size, I think they're just a bad matchup. We hear that a lot in March Madness, right? When you see an upset, people are like, wow, that was just a bad matchup. Well, Wazoo's a bad matchup for, for a lot of teams because at their specific positions, they have the size to guard and the size to rebound. And when you have that uh, for a team in March, it, it just takes you to uh, grand places. So that's why I understand the excitement for the you know people when they watch this team. Very cool. Good story uh, brewing on the Palouse. That is everything you need to know. We do a quarter past every hour here on the Brock and Salk Show. Good for the Cougs, but that, I mean, huge, huge. I'm not trying to overshadow this by adding a but after it. Yeah. That cracking game was different last night. That felt yeah, like they played really that well. was a really, that was a, that was a juicier game. Yeah, they got after it a little bit. And much like, much better pace, much better urgency. Does Groovy just show up in big games? Is that the deal? Like, I don't, I, I don't know what his deal is, man. I, mean, I think at this point, what he, he's just inconsistent, and yeah. it drives me a little bit crazy, and I still really prefer watching Decord out there. But, uh, yeah, that was a really good game they played all the way through. And it's easier to be a good goalie when the team plays better in front of you. Absolutely. Which true. is exactly yep. what they did, and they kept the puck in the other the end. Go Cougs. That was Oh, man, awesome. the Coug fans are all over here. Really salt. Not even a mention of the Cougs basketball victorious again over Arizona. <laughs> you best talk about Wazoo men's basketball beating number four code. overall Arizona. Not asking for a full segment, but could you give us a little love? For the WSU basketball team, us alumni have had a brutal year this year and would appreciate some shared positivity. There you go. It was kind of brave of Justin to say that that was a juicier game because I think there's going to be some disagreement on the text line. Of Kraken? Yeah. Oh, well, I don't that, think he, you weren't man. saying it was juicier than the Cougs. You were saying no, it's juicier no, no, than it's juicier been. than usual. Like, that felt like a juicier cracking game. Yeah, yeah. I was like, wow, that felt fast. Justin's like, yeah, I mean, the Cougs will win it. over Arizona. It's cool, no, but no, I mean, no, they no, didn't no, no, knock no. off Vancouver, Sorry. did they? I'm, I, mean, I, did not, I did not think of that. It could be interpreted that way. Yeah. No, I'm sitting down. Uh, I mean, that's cool, Justin. If you just want to, you know, crap all over Cougs fans, it's fine. Thank you for calling that out more, though. So it doesn't sound like that's what I was trying to say. If that's the direction you want to go, I mean, that's fine. I mean, we do have some Cougs listeners, but feel free to just steal their souls and make them feel terrible. Gosh, what a what a morning for you. Well, they're not going to be happy then if they want to 
Never mind. They're not going to be happy next either because they're going to have to sit around and listen to Roma Dunze. That's right. Roma Dunze is coming up next here on the station. So stick around and hear from this freak of nature who may end up being a top five pick when it's all said and done. That's next on Brock and Salk. This is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Believe it or not, Goldie, you're halfway through. It's I already, believe that. It's already halfway through. It's, it's remarkable uh, how much fun we're having. Been looking forward to this. Uh, Roma Dunze is going to join us here on the show. He, like Roger Rosengard, I'm going to try to do this every week. Do you know Do you know how many dudes from the UW are going to be in Indianapolis at the Combine? 13, Goldie. Whoa. 13. 13. So I don't know if we have 13 weeks until the NFL draft. I don't think it's quite that, but we're going to try to talk to at least one a week as we get ready for it. And with the combine looming next week, no better time than to check in with, uh, well, the All-American, Roma Dunze. How are you doing this morning, Rome? I'm doing well. Doing well. Thanks for having me. Man, thank you. Thank you for jumping aboard with us. I know you've got, what, you got speed training in 30 minutes? Is that right? we got speed training in 30 minutes? Yeah, I do, yep. So uh, tell us, I know you're down there. Roger told us uh, a lot of what's going on with his training down in Southern California. I'm guessing with the combine looming next week, uh, you down in Southern California as well and, and getting all rehearsed and trained up and ready to go for next week? I am. I am. Yeah. Me and Roger are actually um, working in, in the same facility doing doing kind of the, the same things. You know, he, he's a different body type than me, so a little alteration. But, yep, down here in Southern Cal doing, doing the same thing as him. What do you mean, different body time? How so? I don't. I don't. <laughs> well, you know, I'm expected to run a little faster. He's definitely much stronger, so um, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> hey, uh, Goldie, why don't you tell Rome the story you told me just off the air? Yeah, Rome. I mean, I'm not. I'm not trying to tell you how to get better, but I'm. I'm here to help if I can. Uh, when I was a pro, pro, I think prolific's a fair way to describe it. High school quarterback. I uh, purchased a VHS. It was like thirty or forty bucks. Had like the hard the hard case for the VHS, you know what I'm talking about? It was a yeah, Don, I mean, it was Don Beebe's speed enhancement video. And it was all about running a faster forty. And I'll I'll tell you, Rome, I some numbers you never forget. I clocked a four six three at football camp that year. What? So I mean, would what you else? turn some heads? Yeah. Um you know you could probably find it in the dark web someplace. <laughs> so Don Beebe's, huh? Yeah, like fastest white guy in the NFL of all time. <laughs> Like Christian McCaffrey doesn't even know how fast this guy is. Rome, you probably weren't born. Do you even know who Don Beebe was? I have no clue who that is. <laughs> yeah, he played. <laughs> you don't feel old, Aaron. Don't worry about it. He played for the he played for the Bills. I think it was in all four Super Bowls with the Bills. An amazing receiver, great special teamer. Oh, yes. Okay. So if Goldie ran four six three yeah. back in the day, big time. Do we have any idea? Well, first and foremost, are you running an Indy next week? Do you know yet? I do plan on running. Yes, I do. You do plan on running. Do you have, I know you were a 10, 800 meter guy. Do you have a sense with all this speed training you're doing every single day and ramping up for this with the best of the best? Do you have any sense, any ballpark of what you would like to run uh, there in Indianapolis next week? Um, I'd like to run sub four, four. That's my goal. Um, you know, that's what I'm, that's what I'm shooting for. So, you know, we'll, we'll see how it goes. See, you know, what, when I end up running, you know, it's, it's, it's God's plan with all that. So everything, you know, got to gotta have a good race. But, yeah, that's that's my goal. How big a deal, from your perspective, is that 40? 
Um, I mean, it's not, I mean, for me, it's not that big of a deal. You know, it's, it's, you know, 40 yards, you know, four seconds of my life that I, that I train, you know, I'm training tremendously for as long, along with all the other events. But, you know, I mean, you can count so many great players who, who ran the 40 fast, who didn't run the 40 fast, who didn't run it at all. Like, um, I, I think it, it, I don't know if I believe in any of the translation it has to the game of football, um, in a sense, in that way. Mm-hmm. But it is it is fun to run, fun to see, you know, who has the speed. And, and I, I can understand why all the scouts and people, you know, use it as something to, to um, you know, validate players and stuff. So it, it's exciting. But for me, um, I don't I don't care about it, like, for my future, my fo- football career, honestly. Hey, Ron, we know how much of a meat market the combine is. But there's also such a level of investment for each of the clubs to learn about people right the makeup the mental makeup of everyone how do you prepare for the questions that you'll be asked for the conversations that you'll have questions that i'm sure a lot of them will just come out of complete left field that you have no way of preparing for how do you how do you prepare for that you know for me it's about you know just going into it and and being myself and making sure you know i'm not um, trying to go in there and, and answer questions like, you know, like a robot or give the perfect answer or something like that. You know, um, you know, first and foremost, you know, going in there and not having anything, you know, crazy on your record. If anybody, if kids are out there listening, you know, say, say good, be in school, don't do any of that. That helps you out. But um, I think, you know, just being in, in that, in that sense, you, you, you're not going to get any like crazy questions. They might try and, you know, trick you on, on football or some sort of different thing, but just keeping your composure and being like, okay, you know, these guys are trying to challenge me and, and uh, that's okay. That's, that's what uh, the sport does in general. So just going in it being myself and um, let, letting it rock. Rome, have you had an opportunity to be around some of your peers? I mean, this is going to be a great receiver class. There are a lot of dudes, obviously Marvin Harrison and Malik Neighbors and a, and a bunch of other guys. Have you had a chance to to rub shoulders with any of them or any of them training uh, equally down in, in SoCal with XL Sports? I haven't. They're not training down here. Uh, but I am with uh, Jordan Whittington, who was on Texas, who caught a, a big pass against us in the, in the Sugar Bowl, mm-hmm. um, and, and he's a baller. So I've been able to train beside him and you know pick his mind a little bit, and he's a great dude, and I think he'll – He'll run very fast and get drafted very high as well. So um, I've been w- been with him, but none of the kind of the the others. That's that's the only one. Best counsel and advice you've gotten for is Aaron said next week in Indianapolis, and then in the weeks and months ahead with pro days and everything that's on the calendar. Um, I would say just you know enjoying the process. I hear a lot of people saying this, you know, this uh, transition from college football to the NFL with the combine pro day. You know all the different camps that you have to go through as a as a rookie. Um, it, it's a lot, and it takes you know a lot of mental toll and everything. So um, I think the best advice I've gotten is just you know take a second, take a deep breaths, and realize, hey, like you know this is this is your dream coming true here. Let's let's be grateful. Let's you know be appreciative of the the, the time that we're in. So that's exactly what I'm doing. Rome, obviously, such a wonderful career at UW, and so much promise for what's next for you at the next level. What is this time? been like for your family this in-between time uh, as you all are talking whether it be in person or over the phone or over facetime uh, there's there's so much what if this happens what if that happens and they're along for this journey with you what what have what has it been like for your family right now did you see where you are in the mock draft <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh Rome, did you see where you are <laughs> <laughs> um, it's been awesome, honestly. You know, uh, my family is very supportive of everything. 
you know, I, you know, um, they definitely are the side probably to look at mocks and look at different things just because, you know, it was an exciting time. So how, how could you not look at those things? But um, I think they're really, you know, generally just more supportive. I mean, you know, my pops is, you know, handling anybody that feels like they can talk smack about me. <laughs> He's always there to do that. My mom, you know, is always there to support me and, and um, you know, give me some uh, some advice on, on football here and there on, on life. Um, so they, they, they're there. They're just excited. My brothers are both excited. Um, you know, uncle, aunts and uncles, grandparents, everybody's just, you know, waiting for the moment, waiting uh, for everything to go down. But, yeah, everybody's just kind of excited. I'm going to get to some uh, some nuts and bolts here in just a second. But you mentioned earlier hoping to run under four four. What do you think height, weight, vert? What do you think you uh, some of the other numbers, Rome, that we can expect when you get down there? Um, well, shoot, I don't want to ruin the entire surprise, but <laughs> <laughs> but um, I'll probably weigh in around two fifteen. That's pretty much what I'm at. Um, height um, six three. I'm mm-hmm. guessing. I'm gonna go get my six three. You're gonna, you know, have my afro out when I get my height. So give me a couple of uh, no, I'm yeah. <laughs> um, um, I'll give you for. I think I'm gonna jump somewhere from thirty seven to forty per vert. That's all I can give you. Gotcha. That's, all. that's good. No, that's all I need. That's all I need. That's good. Roma Dunze here with us. Uh, one of our favorites. I was telling Aaron off the air, Rome, when you and some of your teammates came in our building, Troy and Michael, and, and when you helped serve and volunteer with Holiday Magic, man, you left a mark. Everybody in the building, even the Cougs in the building, were like, golly, I wish that wouldn't have happened. I hate the Huskies, but now i got to love them because these guys were so great from the inside out. So we uh, super much, uh, super appreciate that. Um, is it kind of crazy? to think six weeks ago you played in a national title game and then all of a sudden you fast forward through these six weeks Rome and not only you like what you're preparing for you knew that was inevitable but the Kalen DeBoer and staff would leave to Alabama and then Ryan Grubb and Scott Huff would say yeah you know what (laughs) I'll come back from Tuscaloosa to Seattle and let me coordinate the Seahawks how do you put in perspective what the last six weeks have been for your former coaches and now for Grubb and crew to come back to Seattle and, and help coordinate a Seahawk offense. Oh my goodness. I mean, for me, it's just been, it's been uh, for chaos for them. I think, you know, it, it's in the same ballpark, but you know, at the same time, but with all this chaos, like it, it's not like, you know, they, they didn't end up in, in good, good positions. You know, I feel like, you know, the coaches off as a whole dispersed and, all ended up in pretty solid positions where they where they feel comfortable. You know, who who knows if it continues to change or if that's possible. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But um, you know, right now, I mean, it seems like you know people are are comfortable with it, and you know, the whole initial staff leaving it definitely hurt. Um, you know, just because I, I knew it was a great staff and I want the success for UW, of course. So to see them go hurt a little bit, but did you, you know, have any sense? Of, did you, Rome? Did you? I'm sorry to cut you off. Do you have any yeah. sense or feel for that? That this could be? I mean, college football is crazy. We all know that transfer portal is wide open. We all know that. Did you have any sense or feel that this could be in the makings, especially when you know once Nick Saban stepped down there at Alabama? You know, I did not. I didn't really didn't have any sense. I didn't think, you know, or get any inclination from any of the coaches that, you know, that that was what was going to go down. And it kind of took me out of, you know, left field or just like just like everybody else. But, you know, I will say, I mean, when you had the success that the team had, you know, back to back years, you know, um, got to the national championship game, like, 
you know, it, it is a little bit expected that other programs are going to be like, oh, hey, how are they doing that? Okay, let's go get this guy. Let's go get this guy in. With the transfer portal, with the coaching carousel, like, you know, that's college football. And, you know, if, if you're a fan of college football, I think you're going to have to adapt to some of that craziness um, that happens every single year. Because, I mean, it's almost every single year now where, something crazy is happening and this coach you'd never expect to leave is leaving and he is here now and this player's transferring it's like you know it's part it's part of the story now and part of the drama of it all so hey last couple minutes here with rome i got two final questions for you we've talked a lot about ryan grubb coming back to seattle he's been on our airwaves he jumped on with bump and stacy earlier this week on the show i'm curious from your perspective when a seahawk fan that you bump into says hey rome rome talk to me about grubb what, what are we getting with Ryan Grubb? What are we getting with Scott Huff? Give me something from the inside as you worked with him every day for the last couple of years. And as you said, got all the way to the pinnacle, to the mountaintop there with the national title game. What are the Seahawks getting in Ryan Grubb? Man, I would say y'all are getting uh, a dog. <laughs> and I know a lot of people, you know, describe a player as that, and, you know, with the mindset mentality, but to me, that's exactly what Grubb is, man. Um, you know, Grubb's the type of guy, he, he he's out preparing, you know, everybody, um, you know, to, to the fullest. You know, out preparing everybody, each and everybody, each and everyone, each week, you know, his opponents, making sure that he's leaving no detail behind. So I think they're going to get someone that they can be, you know, super proud of. I really think that they're going to go over there and, and have a lot of success, especially with the tremendous receivers and, and quarterbacks as well that they have over there. Um, so it's, it's, it's going to be a lot of fun, a, a pass, a pass friendly, you know, explosive, explosive game plan. I'm sure we'll be going in week to week and a guy who, who is not going to let y'all down, you know, and, and he's going to work it, work his ass off to, to go make it happen. Mm. Hey, Rome, I gotta, I gotta tell you just two quick things from a personal standpoint. One, my oldest son is nine years old and he had never really gotten hooked on football until right. your Husky team this year, man. Mm. Like, your Husky team and what they did got him hooked on football. So, like, powerful stuff. Like, I know that might just seem like, oh, just some nine-year-old kid, but, like, that's how these things happen, and you were a big part of that. So I thank you for that. His no, be- absolutely. His, uh, his, his best friend, I got to give a shout-out to my man Gavin Marshall mm. at Mark Twain Elementary. Mm. Gavin is such a UW fan, okay, that... We all call him Odunze. I coach him in third grade basketball room. And every every time Gavin Marshall gets a bucket, you know what our whole bench does? We all go, Odunze! And everybody in that gym is like, what? What? What is this freckled redhead little white kid getting everybody yelling Odunze about? But th- as you go on, Rome, to bigger and better things and an incredible NFL career, man, you just need to know, like, you left an incredible stamp on so many people here in Seattle, and I can speak on behalf of two of them. So very well done, man. Awesome stuff. Yeah, well, thank you, man. I appreciate it. You know, that was, you know, a part of, you know, apart from, you know, going and, and getting the national championship, that was, you know, the, the second biggest goal there, just going, you know, inspiring people. You know, everybody you know used to tell me how, you know, when UW winning, when UW's popping, the, the, the city feels a little different and, and the vibe is a, is a little higher. So that's exactly what it's about, man. You know, inspiring these young kids and, you know, hopefully to, you know, be a role model for all of them. And, you know, so hopefully they can have some fun with it along with all of us. So I appreciate you sharing that, man. It, mean, it means a lot to me. Absolutely.
Well, you go get warmed up. I know you got speaking here in about 14 minutes or so. I don't want to take any more time. And I don't want to put you on the spot, but how important will it be, last question, that you land somewhere in the NFL where you got a fishing port nearby so you can get out there with Captain Tom and you can get on the water and you can do your fishing thing. Have you told your agent, like, hey, hey, listen, I, I'm not going to such and such. I ain't going to Kansas City. I need to be on the water somewhere. Yeah, no, I mean, we were already on it. I mean, that was the first thing <laughs> Good. I told them. And, um, you know, when I go into these combine meetings, I'm going to set the record straight like, hey, yes. you know, sorry, sorry, Kansas City. It's, <laughs> it's just, uh, the ocean's too far, man. The yep. ocean's too far. Sorry, Arizona. Yep, landlocked. Uh-uh, not going to work. Rome, you're the best, man. Yeah. Uh, absolutely kick butt. We will be rooting for you, cheering for you, screaming Odunze at your 40 next week. Uh, go and get it done, and uh, we'll look forward to watching you, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah of course. Thanks for having me. All right, there you go. That was uh, Roma Dunze joining Brock and uh, Aaron Goldsmith yesterday. A little shout-out to Aaron for filling in and uh, doing a fantastic job. I got to listen to a little of that as I was uh, driving yesterday morning. I thought they were awesome, super fun. And, yes, I did see all of your texts asking for him to be here permanently and for me to make my vacation a little bit more permanent as well. So thank you. I appreciate all of those. They really add to the self-esteem and really make me feel good every morning. So thank you if you took the time to send in a text saying how how awful I am and how much better it is to have somebody like Goldsmith. I, I, I just want to tell you from the bottom of my heart, really appreciate it. It's yeah, really nice. Yeah, it's Thank you. And, right. and then people are here to, to nice. lift you up. And, and I feel, you. I feel lifted. Yes. Yeah. I feel 10 feet tall. Yeah. Um, Brock is going to end up ruining a long held opinion of mine. Not even an opinion, really like a truism of life. And that is not to have college kids on the radio before 10 a.m. It's back-to-back really good Back-to-back. What is the deal? This Husky team has all these dudes that are just, like, legitimate good guys who, like, come on and are smart and have a lot to say and can wake up early and do it. Like, It's like they went through media training, but maybe they did in this this day, but they're really, really good. I don't like when Brock proves me wrong, like, especially for something we've been talking about for 15 years. This is... This is troubling. This is, I just want to say it's troubling. And to Roma Dunze and to Roger Rosengarten, any other Huskies that come on here in the course of the next few weeks and make me look bad by being like, a, you know, <laughs> super awake at seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning. I am. Well, uh, to be fair, you did. Very meet, upset about you, it. you met him when he was here for Holiday Magic, and you already had you already held him. In I a, actually didn't. I was gone by the time all those guys came in. Oh, so I thought I, you were the one that told me the story of him downstairs. Kyle was the one who okay. was so totally blown away. And Kyle, as Got you it. know, was like, it pained him to say anything nice about the Huskies. No but doubt. he, even Kyle Supercoog, was like, oh, my God, these guys are just sweethearts, every one of them. So, no, I, I wasn't here when those guys came in, but I heard about it from everybody who was down there and just how awesome it was and, and what good dudes they were. So he showed it yesterday. It was a really good interview and a great job by Brock and by Aaron and no, I'm not going to start some sort of like rivalry with Goldsmith just because you guys like him better. It's not going to go that way. We're not we're not allowing you guys to come between us. All right. As you've never let any of the ex partners come between you. It's That's not right. Start now. Yeah, we don't we don't we don't worry about that. No. Like Brock doesn't hate Michael Hawley or anything. Like it's fine. <laughs> I, Danny O'Neill. Like it's no. We don't worry about things like that. Mm-hmm. Joe Testa. Well, maybe mm-hmm. Joe Testa. That's a different one. Um, all right. So by the way, we got a bunch of people coming on the show today. I should tell you about. Right. I should tell you what we have coming up at seven thirty. We've got Daniel Jeremiah. 
I'm going to talk a little draft with DJ. And his latest mock was the one he switched, right? He had Faltano early, and he switched it to Byron Murphy. So yep. he still yep. has some kind of going line, but switching from offense to defense and kind of moving in a slightly different direction. So we'll talk to him about that. And I, you know who I got to ask him a lot about? And this is this is the name that it's I can't get out of my head, even though I feel like it's kind of going against what my eyes told me, and it's J.J. McCarthy. I can't quite shake it because, A, he wins, B, Brock won't shut up about him, and C, like all the numbers that people keep feeding me of like, geez, you see the numbers yesterday about how he, how many third and longs he completed this year? He converted, I think, on more third and long than any other quarterback in the country. It's like, God, I know it didn't look like it to me with the arm strength in those couple of games, but I'm not going to argue with the numbers, right? And it's not like Michigan had built that team with Roma Dunzes and Jalen Polks and Jalen McMillans. I mean, they didn't really have anybody for him to throw to, and yet he was finding ways to convert. So He didn't really have a whole lot of people out here doubting him either, right? Like everybody we've talked to and everybody that – at least on the show and off the air has been like, what are you not seeing here? Yeah. He's well, the real deal. I obviously. wasn't seeing just sit back in the pocket, find a receiver and throw to him, which yeah. I think you do need to be able to do in the NFL. But if he can do that and they seem to think he can, well, that's probably pretty darn valuable, especially with all the off schedule stuff he's able to do as well. So I, I want to ask him a little bit more. I want to continue to kind of do our research here on, on JJ McCarthy, who I am. I'm interested. I just, I'm, I'm, he's a, he's a person of interest. He's not a suspect. He's just a person of interest. He's just somebody we want to know more about right now. And it's, is it clouding your vision in any way? Yes. Yes. My vision is starting to cloud a little bit and I'm starting to become, it's more than nothing. I'm becoming a little fixed. That's right. He's a person of interest, not a full blown suspect. He's just, uh, you know, somebody we want to talk to. Maybe get in the interview room, <laughs> maybe sit down with for a little while, maybe uh, waterboard. I mean, just to uh, check, kind of see what's going on with him and uh, in his life. So DJ at 730. Shannon's going to give us a little spring training update at 8 o'clock. We got G. Scott. What did I tell you yesterday, Justin, when we talked? You said, yeah. what, I said, G's already yeah. got two or three things, and by tomorrow he'll switch them, right? Yep. He's already yep. texted us with, like, three new things he wants to talk about today. My, I am on that text. Poor guy. He's stuck over there on the FM. He, all he wants to do is be over here Nobody talking sports sends every day. or takes more videos of themselves in the car. It's bizarre. Than G. Scott. Yeah. Yeah, he doesn't like texting. He likes videos, calls. Yeah. yeah, he's kind of an old man. Like, it's weird. Considering, like, how hip he ties to play himself off as, he's... Kind of, kind of an old man. All right. Um, coming up next, before we get to any of that. Oh, Stacy's going to be here at 9 o'clock. We'll have open phone lines. So it's like a full, a full day plan. But before we do any of that, I found myself. I know I shouldn't do this. I found myself yesterday on Over the Cap. You ever been to Over the Cap? Don't spend a lot of time on it. I know to this. Moore's nodding. Moore's not on the mic at the moment, which is why she can't talk and shout in and be like, uh, yeah, obviously I'm on over the cap, you idiot. I, it's like one of the bookmark pages on my, I'm a moderator. On my Chrome. Yeah, I'm one of the moderators <laughs> at OTC. Um, anyway, I was on there yesterday, and I think I figured out the Seahawks problem. It's next on Brock and Salk.